morning. I'm Tanya Overdorf. And I'm Tom Searcy. And we're now 40 days into the work. We're two weeks in, which means you should be doing some things. That's right. You should be in your small group and enjoying it and making some new friendships. That's important. You should be reading, of course, the Bible and memorizing some of the verses. Not one of my strengths, i got to be honest. That's a little tough. I'm with you there, Tom. It's an age issue, probably. But, <laughs> but I will tell you, memorizing the verse puts that word, that special word of God, inside your heart. And it starts to influence the way you think and the way you look at things, which is really uh, key to really understanding the special message that God has put in the Bible for all of us. So what other things are they supposed to be doing? Well, I'm going to give you a little test. What are we supposed to be talking about this week? What's our verse? <sighs> That's a great question. Let's get started. The third chapter of the book of Exodus, that's going to be where we're going to start off today. And uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be good. I hope you'll write some notes down. Here we go. Verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. Notice the angel of the Lord is capitalized. And most Bible theologians and scholars will say that this is actually an Old Testament revelation of Christ. When you see that capital A, it represents this is Christ in the Old Testament. And almost all versions reflect that capitalization. So this is really uh, Moses having an encounter uh, with Christ. And Moses said... Uh, in the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And when he heard God's voice, he said, here I am. Here I am, Lord. And then the Lord said, don't draw near this place. Take the sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. If you've ever wondered, uh, I don't get anything out of the Bible. I don't understand it. Don't know what the big deal is. Can't seem to make sense. It seems boring to me. Seems dry. You came on a great Sunday because I'm going to explain to you why it's dark and why it seems so closed off to you and how you can see what God wants you to see. Everybody say with me, Lord, turn on the light. Turn on the light. We need some illumination. Let's, let's ask him to do that today. Now, Lord, we just come before you and we're asking you to speak. Holy Spirit, you promised to be our teacher. I'm asking you to do that for me and everyone here this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, the whole goal that we're after here is that God would speak to you. I mean, think about it. The goal of the 40 days in the Word is not so that you'll learn the Bible. The goal of the 40 days isn't just so that you'll have more information. Actually, the goal beyond the 40 days is that of everything that we do, the reason why you're here is ultimately the main goal or the point of it all is that you'll hear God talk to you. You want him, you know, God, are you even there? God, reveal yourself. God, I want to hear you. I want to see you. I want to know, know what to do. I want direction. I want to, to be able to walk in your blessing. So tell me what to do. That's the whole goal. It's not just to learn the Bible. It's actually through the Bible we can hear God speak to us. So the point is, is that we'll hear from God. 
So a lot of people are missing the point. In fact, I overheard a conversation that was a classic example of missing the point when I heard, and these people didn't go to the, our church, I don't think, but it was out in the community and it was at a restaurant and I heard somebody talking about how they always get to church late. They don't come for the, for the first part. They always just come for the message. And that's nobody here. And uh, they just come for the message because, yeah, I don't really get into all that music stuff at the front, but I really want to hear the word, and that's what I go for. And the other person said, uh, well, I like the music, and we most often go, but sometimes we don't get it, but at least we're there for the word. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, missing the point. Don't understand. I mean, I wonder how many people really don't understand the purpose of the whole first part of what we do. They have an idea that the message is the main event, that that the message is the meal and whatever happened before was just sort of the appetizer, that the singing, the part in the front, that was just sort of the warm up. I wonder how many of us miss the point about what our worship service is all about. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verse you've probably heard a lot, he said, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock and if anyone will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. And that's usually where we, st where we stop. We've heard that verse before. He wants to come into our heart. But listen to what he says. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Why does he say dine with us? Well, I think that talks about the kind of relationship that he wants to have with us. A very intimate, uh, uh, close, across the table relationship. You see, it's not just... <laughs> it's not just... Uh, about the meal. It's not, it's not what we're eating, it's whom we're eating with, you see. And if you don't have an encounter with God, and if you don't hear Him speak, then what's the point? And so, you can have two people coming into the same worship service, and one of them said, wow, I, I had a moment. Uh, the, the, the light went on. I had an encounter with God. This was holy ground. And the other person sitting in the same row going, eh, is all right. You hurry up. The Colts game's coming. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's another response. You can have somebody sitting at home opening up to the same passage of Scripture, and you can have a person going, wow, that's what I... Thank you, God, for speaking to me. That told me exactly what to do. People make adjustments in their life, and God has spoken to them. They have clarity. And another person looking at the same exact Scripture, and... Eh, bored. I don't get it. What's the big deal? And they miss completely what God is trying to say to them. Now, every time that I get into the presence of God, God speaks to my heart. And I want that same experience to happen to you. God has given us revelation. That's what this is. It's his revealed word. It's revelation. But you need more than revelation. You have to have illumination. Because what good is this in the dark? You can't read it. And so many people are just in the dark. They have the revelation, but they've never had it illuminated. What good is it to look into the mirror of God's word if the lights are out? And you say, well, you know, my light's not out. I have the iPhone. I'm never in the dark. Oh, don't be so sure. When you're reading the Bible on that, let the back light go out. And it's just a piece of plastic and glass. Can't read anything. It's, it's all about illumination. Okay, do you understand what I'm saying? Illumination. So I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about how God has to, by His Holy Spirit, illuminate this and what has to happen before the light can come on. Are you with me? All right. So we're going to take four words today. Um, look, 
You guys following along? All right, just checking. Okay, it's going to be look, and it's going to be listen, and it's going to be learn, and it's going to be live. And here's a little, little phrase I want you to remember that just summarized this whole sermon. Looking and listening to God turns on the light for me to learn the meaning of His Word and how to live it in my life. Can I just hope that's up on the screen? Read, check, check this out. Listen, think about this. Looking and listening to God turns on the light for me to learn the meaning of His Word and how I can live it in my life. So let's take the first word. Let's look at look. Verse 2, it says in this passage, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire for the midst of the bush. So he looked. A little bit later, and then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. When I say look, I don't mean like casually glance. You know, eh. uh, I don't mean just, just you know, kind of glance at it. I mean turn aside from every other distraction, every other thing that has your attention, and look to God. When we come in here and we start to sing, the whole point is to look to God. That, that we would have a moment to turn away and turn aside from every other thought and distraction and care and worry, and we would actually turn to look at God. That's why we sing songs about His greatness and about His glory and about His awesome power and what He has done and who He is and His attributes. And we try to sing words that get Him into view so that we can look at Him. This is the difference between getting nothing out of the message and getting a word from the Lord. So many people just waiting for the word, not realizing that the word Christ is actually right in front of them. Didn't the scripture say that when two or three of us would just gather in His name, I'm there? So look to the Lord. You know, another word for, for look is the word focus. Focus on God. You know what that is when you focus on God? You know what that is? That is worship. That's all that worship is. It's, it's focusing on God. So, for example, when you're taking communion, you've got the little cup and the, the bread in your hand, you're just glancing at those two things, but you're, you're really looking at Christ and what He's done for you. Right. Or uh, when the musicians and the singers, when they sing, you may glance at them and you may. But you're really ignoring all of them in the end to focus on God. We don't want you to think we have a great band. We want you to be inspired to look and to focus on God and to move past. And every singer needs to be thinking it's not about me. It's about helping you focus on God. If you want the light to come on. You've got to start with focusing and worshiping the Lord. You have to focus him on him by faith and look to him. Focus and worship. Let's not be ADD before we come to the word. Does that make sense? I was up in Chicago uh, last week to see my son's football game. And he played the whole game and it was awesome. And they won 17 to 0. He did a great job. And uh, coming home, we were all fired up and we're driving. And my, well, my wife must have noticed that I, I've driven this back to Chicago, back here a thousand times, you know, I know where I'm going, and she's giving me directions, and I'm getting kind of, I know where I'm going, and then she says, look, there's the exit, I, I know, I know, and just as we're going up to the exit, this amazing 1939 Ford, you know, coupe, this old classic car was right there, and I said, look at that, and I'm describing it, I haven't seen one of those in a long time, and I'm describing it, and just all excited, and a few minutes later, I hear my wife's voice, you missed the exit. 
focusing on this car and I missed the exit. Now I've got this 25 minute delay going to the next exit and rerouting with the GPS. Frustrating when you know you've got a three hour trip in front of you. You know, I think that mirrors the experience a lot of people have with God's Word. It's just frustrating. It seems like they just go nowhere, and I'm not getting anything out of this at all. Now, the whole point is to get rid of distractions and to focus. The Bible says God's Word is like a mirror to our souls. But what good, again, is a mirror if we don't have any illumination? Now, all through the day, anytime you pass a mirror, you'll probably just glance at it, but hopefully there is a time and a place every day where you sit in front of a mirror or you stand in front of a mirror and you gaze intently into it because there are things that you want to fix. <laughs> or you should, right? And so you're looking at it, making, saying, this is the, the reflection that I see is not what I want it to be, so I make adjustments. And you ought to have a time with God like that every day where you're going to gaze into the mirror of his word, but you're not going to get anything out of it unless the light comes on. That's illumination. And there are so many distractions and so many things and attitudes and a critical spirit and all kinds of things inside of us that push us away from actually looking at the Lord. I could even be in church and the music's playing and all of you are here and my mind is, a, I'm the pastor and my mind's a thousand miles away. A couple weeks ago, I'm right here. I'm thinking about this project that's not going right and I'm distracted and I'm discouraged by it and I'm kind of grumpy about all the things that I'm going to have to do to fix it. And it's just a big mess. And you ever have God just go to you like, you know, and just kind of stop it. Look at me. I heard God say that, like, stop it. Look at me. And I went, yeah, right, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I just said, you know what, I will worship the Lord. And I just began to focus upon Him and praise Him and let the words of the songs begin to inspire my heart. And you know what, in just a few minutes, I'm thinking, you know what, I can't control any of this anyway. And none of it's in my power. And God, you're going to have to tell me what to do. And so God, I just trust you. I put this into your hands. And you're a great God that can do all things. And there's nothing too hard for you. And you're going to show me the way. You've always shown me the way. And in just a few minutes, I had perspective back. Getting into the presence of God gives you perspective and turns on the light. You have to look at God. You understand what I'm saying? So you need to do that not only in the worship service, but every one of you need a place and a time in your life where God will speak to you every single day. You need to have, that whole point is that you'll have an encounter with God. And I wonder how many people are going through life burdened down, weighed down. God, if you just tell me what to do, and, or maybe you come to church and you're burdened and you're weighed down, or maybe you're just kind of like, I can't wait for this all to get over so I can just get what I need. And, you know... God wants to meet with you. Don't miss the point. Don't miss the point that He wants to have an encounter with you. And you've got to just say, God, I need to now drop my spirit of worry and criticism and victimization and hostility and all the other stuff I carried in, and I'm going to turn aside from all of that and look at you. Now, once you look, you're ready to do the second thing, which is listen. Look at this. When the Lord saw that He turned aside to look, then God called him from the midst of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses heard his voice and said, here I am. Here I am, Lord. God was waiting to get Moses' attention before he would speak to him. <laughs> when my kids were really little and I wanted to get their attention, I would have to get their little face in my hands and say, look at me. Look at me. 
Because I knew that if they're not looking at me and they're all crazy, they're not going to hear a word that I'm saying. Or when I was a student pastor and I had to get control of a whole room of crazy teenagers, I would say, hey, hey, look at me. Look at my face right now. And I would have to do that because I know if they're not looking at me, they're not paying attention to the word that I'm saying. Look at me. But once I had their attention, then I could talk to them. Now, Moses turned aside from everything that was on his mind, and he looked at the Lord. And when God saw that he had his attention, that's when God spoke. I just want to tell every one of you, God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you today. He wants to talk to you. He has information and the wisdom and everything that you need, and he wants to talk to you. But how many of us, wanting so badly to hear from God, God, I just wish you'd tell me what to do in my family, in my business, in my relationships, and all of that, and we've not spent any time in the presence of God. You know, how little time we actually spend in this presence, yet we want to hear what he, what, what he wants us to do. So you have to look and then be quiet and listen for his voice and God will speak. I want to talk to you about the presence of God. It's amazing what happens in God's presence. Psalm 100 verse 2 says, come before his presence with singing. I don't care if you have a bad voice and you say, well, I don't sing. I mean, that's the word of the Lord. Come before his presence with singing. Why? Because singing focuses your heart. You don't have to just do that here in church. You can sing anywhere. You can sing in the shower, the praises of God, and come before his presence. You can sing in your house. You can sing in your car. You can sing out in creation or even out riding your bike like I was yesterday. I was, I've been listening to this song and had it in my earphones and I'm on my bike at about nine o'clock at night riding on 126th Street, created to worship and I'm singing and, you know, and, and I was, I had been reading Psalm 148 that morning, which talks about how everything praises the Lord. It was a beautiful night, creation, the clouds, the sun, the moon. We could even see a few stars, big creatures, even small creatures worship the Lord. And I'm out riding the bike in creation and worship and I'm singing and a big bug flew right in my mouth. <laughs> I almost wiped out. I mean, I almost completely lost it. And you know, what's the first thing you do when that happens? You just look to see who was watching you. Like who's, who just saw that? <coughs> I'm trying to get this bug out of my throat. I kind of got myself together and I start driving thing starts playing again, singing. I'm thinking about, for whatever reason, Psalm 148, small creatures, plays the Lord. And I felt guilty. I just swallowed a bug that was praising the Lord. <laughs> you got to think about that. You start thinking about how everything praises the Lord, and you ought to, too. And you can sing anywhere. Singing, you know, singing God's word makes you aware of him everywhere. Sing to the Lord and enter into his presence. Or how about... Psalm 9, verse 3, when my enemies turn back, they shall fail and perish at your presence. The enemies are coming against you and spiritual attacks are coming and all the stuff that's coming at you. How much of that could be overcome, not by trying to control or fix or manipulate or worry about it, but simply to come into the God's presence and let him fight the battle for you. Psalm 16, verse 11, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 68, verse 8. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of, the, of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God. You know what that says? Blessing comes from the presence of the Lord. And mountains move in the presence of the Lord. It's incredible. Acts 13, or 3, verse 19. 
times of refreshing come from the Lord when we humble ourselves and we repent. Times of refreshing of our souls. Do you realize what happens in the presence of God? Why would you not enter into His presence? Why would you not... Every opportunity that you have, why would you not say, God, I want to look to you. God, I want to come into your presence. I need to turn away from every other thing. And I need to get into your presence so I can hear your voice and listen to you. This is not just about church, although you think about how all this organization and all this practice and all of the the people that serve and give and all that goes on so that you can come for free if you want to on, on any Sunday morning and without distraction be lifted and encouraged and led into the presence of God. Why would you not take advantage of that? And you think about how even in your home, how every person ought to have a little sanctuary, a time and a place. And you say, this is going to be my holy ground where I am going to stop and tune out the world and focus on Him and listen for His voice and look to Him. I have heard God speak to me in the same chair for the last 12 years, almost every day. And it's a holy place, right? It's it's sacred ground because this is where God talks to me. And this is where you receive because God has already spoken to me in that place and I come and share with you and and God wants to talk to you, but you're not just going to, you know, pick it up and glance at it and just, you know, you know, and just hear God because it's not the point. It's just a book until the Holy Spirit lights it up for you. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to look and you have to listen. And when you listen, guess what happens? Now the light is on and you're ready to learn. And the Holy Spirit is going to make this book come alive to you. There you're all fired up about this, aren't you? That's just you. You're the pastor. Of course you are. You're all, you know, you were raised in a missionary kid family, and you're just, no, listen, listen, I, I'm, I'm a D personality. I'm wired to go, to push, to go, to get to work, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm fired up to work and to do stuff. So sitting still, I had to learn this, but I have come to love the presence of God. I've come to love to sit in His, sometimes it's so strong, and God heals you in that in His presence. That's what the goal is here. And so, you know, He says to Moses, "Take your take the sandals off your feet." I mean, don't just walk up like like just casually. Like you can't just approach. You you got to take your shoes off because this is holy ground. He's talking about Moses. If I'm going to meet with you, have some reverence, have some humility, have some sense that 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 put yourself in a frame of mind of awe. You're about to talk to the holy God of the whole universe that made everything, that sees all your sin and still wants to talk to you. Wow, you know, holy ground. Cultivate that, that, you know, this isn't just ordinary. And, and when Moses did that, it's amazing. That's when God began to talk to him. God began to speak to him. You know what the first thing Moses learned? Everything that God touches is holy. That's the first thing he learned. But it wasn't all that he learned. God kept speaking to him and kept talking to him. You know that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He wrote all of that. He wrote all that history. You know how much time occurred between creation and Exodus chapter 3? 2,500 years. The book of Genesis covers the time span of all those events of 2,500 years. That's more than, I mean, us to Jesus is just 2,000 years. So think about that. There's all that. How did he know what to write? 
How did he know about creation and Adam and Eve and Abraham and Moses and, and, and all those people? Because, because God taught him. God spoke to him. God, God uh, explained it to him. He spent time in the presence of God. And, and Psalm 103 verse 7 tells us this. It says, uh, he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Notice that. He made known his ways to Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel. He told the children of Israel what he did, but he told Moses why he did it. It's just so powerful. And you say, well, that's because it's Moses. I mean, Moses, you know, that's why God talked to him. Listen, that's not true. God said to all the people, you all can come up on the mountain. You all can hear my voice. And the people said, no, 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 no. We don't, we dare not, we don't want to. Moses, you go, you hear from God, and then you just come back and tell us what he said, which is what people are still doing today. Pastor, you just go hear from God and come, you know, just tell me what he says. Just make it easy for me. And God's going, no, no, no I want to talk to you. I want to talk to, I want to talk to you, that's what he's saying. And you're missing out. Let me show you this clearly in, in Exodus chapter uh, 33. Just a few more uh, chapters forward. Take a look at this. It's a great passage. A little long, but follow it with me. Uh, verse 7. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord... See that? That takes some work. Seeking God. Everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. And so it was that whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose and each man stood at the tent door. That's reverence. And watched Moses until he'd gone into the tabernacle. Look at this verse 9. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended. That's the Holy Spirit descended on Moses and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. I think that's where God taught him all of this. And all the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose and they worshipped because they were in awe of God. Each one at his own tent. So, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man talks to his own friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. You know why? As long as there is even a wisp of that cloud, I'm, that's where I'm going to be. I'll, whatever he's got, that's what I want. And that's why God's hand was upon Joshua's life. But notice he said, I talk to my servant Moses face to face like a man talks to his own friend. And Jesus would come along and say, I no longer call you my servants, but I call you my friend. And I don't... You know, the, the servants don't know what the master is going to do, but implying you're going to know. You're going to understand because I'm going to give you the same spirit that was upon me, the same Holy Spirit that told me what to do and gave me the power and gave me understanding and, and, and I just did whatever the Spirit said. Look at what he says in John 14. The counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will, look at this, will teach you all things. Wonder why you can't understand the Bible? You need the Holy Spirit to teach you. And He will remind you of everything that I've said to you. Holy Spirit's going to teach you everything you need to know about God's Word. It's not through people. I mean, I'm speaking to you right now, but if God is connecting with you, that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. 
talking to you. He is your teacher. John 14, 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. Or John 16, verse 15. The Spirit will take what is mine and will make it known to you. Or Paul said the same thing to his church in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I pray that the glorious Father and God of our Lord Jesus Christ will give you His Spirit. The Spirit will make you wise and let you understand what it means to know God. So when you look and when you listen, the light comes on, which is the Holy Spirit, and He starts to teach you and make you understand the meaning of His Word so that you can live it out. That is illumination. That's what illumination is. So let's talk about this last part, live. How are you going to live this? Well, you have to have an encounter with God. Many, many times, as often as possible. You have to focus and look to Him and, and listen to His voice and put yourself in the position to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, but confident in faith that if I do that, He'll speak to me and then I'll learn and understand and He'll show me what to do. Now, without that, there's absolutely no hope. In fact, let me read you one more scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. That's this right here. Why? Because it's just foolish to him. That's why it's closed. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. What God wants to say to you is spiritually discerned, and it comes through the teaching of the Holy Spirit. But how will you ever hear His voice if you don't stop and focus and listen and let the light come on? That's why Paul would pray to his church. He would say, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be opened, that the eyes of your heart will open up, that you will see what uh, the incredible richness of His glory um, that you would be enlightened, that, that you'll understand the incredibly great power that He has for you. So our memory verse this week is don't merely just listen to the Word, but do what it says. So the Word of the Lord to you is, is don't miss any opportunity to get into the presence of God. Don't miss one opportunity to worship. I don't know what you're going through right now. It might have been a long time since you said, I've even heard God speak. Or maybe you've never heard Him speak. Maybe you're just mad at Him. Maybe you just think that you've offended Him and God never talks to you. He talks to those other good people. Uh, maybe you're going through crisis or just stress or frustration or grief over a loss. That's life. It's painful. It's difficult. We don't understand it. In fact, we go crazy trying to understand it. When, when Jesus was resurrected, two guys who were one of, part of his followers were walking away from Jerusalem. They were so disillusioned. They killed him. They killed Jesus. It's over. We don't understand everything he said. It seems like the bad guys have won and good has been conquered and we don't know what to do and we're heartbroken and they were, they were running for their lives. They were afraid. Full of grief. And Jesus comes walking up alongside them and starts walking with them. But they don't recognize him. They're so caught up in their own crisis and emotions and feelings and hurt and pain, they can't even see that it's Jesus. And he walks with them and talks with them for the rest of the afternoon. And 
something they, they, they sense God speaking through this guy and they say, come have dinner with us. They sit down for dinner. They still don't recognize who he is until he picks up a loaf of bread and then he blesses it. He he calls on the name of the Lord and he takes them into the presence of God. And then he breaks it and he gives it to them. And in that moment, their eyes were opened and they saw Jesus. When they got into the presence of God, their eyes were opened. And see, David wrote this. He said, when life got crazy, I couldn't understand it all. It made no sense to me. It was painful. It was difficult. It seemed like the evil were triumphing. It seemed like nothing was going my way. <laughs> but then I entered the sanctuary of the Lord. And finally, I understood. See, Jesus has been walking with you all along. He's walking right up beside you. He's with you. He's interested in every detail of your life. And he knows what's happening. But if you don't stop and look and listen and let him turn on the light, let him open your eyes, you miss the whole point. So what's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Maybe to some of you, it's just, I need to stop showing up late and missing an opportunity to get into the presence of God. It's, it's not about a performance, friends. It's, it's about helping you get a view of who God is. Maybe it's that I can't just whip up and grab the Bible and just hope to get something and run. I, I need to create a place and a space to focus my heart and to have some holy ground and to prepare to hear God's word. Maybe it's just a humility to say, God, I, I need to focus on you and not on myself and all my victims. I don't know what God is saying to you today, but I can tell you this, that if you will look to him, focus on him and worship him, and by faith believe that he wants to talk to you and listen for his voice, the light is going to come on, you will learn the meaning of his word, and you'll know how to live it because the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. I hope you receive this today. All right, let me pray for you. You can't be led by the Spirit if you don't have the Holy Spirit. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into your life when you stop playing God and you accept Christ as your Lord. The Bible promises He'll fill you with His Spirit. Maybe you need that today. Would you simply say, Jesus Christ, you are God and I am not, and I'm sorry for holding you at a distance. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. I've never kept your standards, let alone mine. And I just honestly admit that. And I'm asking you now to open my eyes. Help me to see. Help me to see what's in the way of me following you, even if it's me. Open my eyes. Point out what's what's been blind to me. I give you my life. I want my eyes opened uh, to your word, the wonderful things in your law. I don't want to be just a hearer, but I want to do it. And that's everybody in here. Maybe you could just say, God, that's me. God, I, I don't want to just miss what you want to say. Help me to get a glimpse of who you are. Help me to focus on you and worship you. Help me to stop waiting for my feelings uh, to worship, but to, to worship you because you're worthy and to honor you and to be reverent with you. Speak to me, Lord. I'm listening. Here I am. Yes, God, that's me. The Holy Spirit, speak to every person hearing my voice today. Tell them what to do in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.